This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 7, Episode 33. This is Writing Excuses! This week's episode, Authentic Emotion. Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. I'm Mary. I'm Howard. All right. We're going to talk about emotion. And... The thing about emotion, a lot of people actually ask us about this, is in a lot of ways, as writers, we're kind of like actors in that we have to be able to fake emotion when we're not feeling it. We have to create, have objects that Mary knows about this, that have no life, feel like they have life and mm-hmm. emotion. And so we're going to talk about that. How do, you, how do you fake characters being in love if you've never been in love? Let's throw that hard question at us. It's something that one of our fans wanted, wanted us to talk about. Howard, I, um, I've been in love, okay. so that's a how would that's you fake an emotion? But how, um, how do you I, fake love between two characters that don't exist? Um, I, I be honest with you, I make faces. Okay. Um, if you're having an emotion, uh, one of the most difficult things to do is to not show it on your face. Aha! Uh-huh. If you make the face that goes with that emotion, you know, anger's easy. So you said I no I I actually make uh, the geez. face yeah, no. I make the face I scowl I oh, okay. cheer I make that face and then I start writing because the face it's a it's a biofeedback thing right you, you okay. know you, so you can be sad totally do that too yeah, you can be sad by crying first you can be happy okay. by smiling first wow I don't do any of that. I do that with action scenes too, which isn't yeah. really authentic emotion, but if I try to get myself to feel whatever I need them, the characters to feel, like tension or frustration or happiness or whatever, then I'll do it. That made writing some of the John Cleaver chapters really weird. Um, <laughs> the scene where he threatens his mom with a knife just messed me up because I was you know, in that moment feeling okay. what he was Running feeling. around the kitchen with a knife. Yeah, I mean, Man. my mom was so confused, but... <laughs> I do, uh, I do some of that. Um, it sounds like you guys are method actors. Um, <laughs> but one of the things that I also do is I try to think of a time when I have experienced an emotion that is at least analogous okay. to what the character is feeling. Like, you know, I have never been in a life-threatening situation. Right. Um, but I have been in situations where I have been terrified, and and you know, briefly thought, you know, where the, the entire fight, fight or flight thing right. has kicked in. And recalling what that was like and remembering that the uh, the physical emotions that I experienced, a lot of times in order to get the emotion across to the reader, it's less about trying to convey the emotion words like he was angry and more about doing what these guys are talking about, which is conveying the, the physical reactions to those mm-hmm. emotions. So if I can think about an analogous time, I can often take that and expand it into okay. making sense for the character. That's interesting. Um... I do a little bit of that. I'm more definitely on um, on Mary's side. One thing that I do is to kind of simulate what you guys are going through is I will turn on the appropriate music. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone else uses this, but I will search for, and it works really well if it's soundtrack from a scene where that emotion played out on screen. I turn it on and it reminds me of that emotion and kind of creates a connection in my head. Um, And sometimes it can just be, you know, Music that has its own emotion. So now I, I got to ask, uh, what are your favorite soundtrack albums for Honestly, this kind of work? It's going to depend on what I've seen recently. If I'm specifically searching for emotion, the older that gets, 
the less powerful a lot of times the emotion will be. Um, and the more the music will simply become what it is to me rather than right. what, the, what the show was. Um, and so, you know, last summer I grabbed the, the X-Men First Class uh, music because it was good, good music and there were some good emotions, um, some good character interplays in that. And I was using that on occasion between characters when I wanted uh, that same interplay. That actually, just the idea of, of using sound is actually something that is useful for characters mm -hmm. as well, because sound uh, it will often call up a specific memory right. or emotion. So having them focus in on a specific sound in a scene can often, uh, oh. by triggering it for the reader as well, like, you know, the, the sound of a, a knife, uh, you know, scraping across a kitchen counter. Um, <laughs> Right, that, which that's, we all know what that's like. <laughs> um, but that, that's right. something that can trigger that visceral emotion in the reader, which will allow them to transfer it to the character that they're reading about. Yeah, um, and we've, we've mentioned before numerous times on the podcast that non-auditory senses are underused yes. generally in fiction, mm -hmm. which allows you as a writer to really make some of those things more powerful. The knife scraping across the, the, the table like that, the counter, you know, that immediately evokes this image. And it's one of these small details that we frequently talk about that can be more important than spending three paragraphs describing what's going on. Mm -hmm. That single scrape and it runs chills down your spine and then they, you know, hold up the knife and you're like, I'm, I'm there. I'm yes. with See, them. And people don't think about that as a way to convey a character's emotion because it's a sound a knife makes. It has nothing to do with the character. But right. what you're trying to do uh, to convey an emotion is to get your reader to feel it, at least in part. I would say that that's not true, that it has nothing to do with an emotion, because it's what your character is noticing in that moment. So it has everything mm. to do with their emotional well, that's, state. Well, that's true. Thanks for being wrong, Dan. Dang that's it. right. No, but what I'm trying to say is, in, in part, what you're trying to do with, this, with emotions is to get your readers to experience it. And so if you yes. can pull out those things that will, you know, scare them or remind them of people that they love or whatever emotion it is that you're trying to pull out, uh, then even little setting details and, and what's going on in the scenery can still work very effectively. Yeah, I actually have an exercise that I ask students to do sometimes where I ask them to just describe a room and then I ask them to go back and take that description and re-describe it three times, once describing it as though the character is happy, once describing it as though the character is angry, and once as though the character is afraid. And in those, they are not allowed to use any of the, the emotion words, anger, mm. afraid. That, that it's all about the things that the character is no, noticing in their physical reactions to those. And I find that that's a way to, yeah. to often trigger things, just it's as a great an exercise. exercise. Maybe that can be our writing prompt today. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Wait, we're, we're wait, way early for that. Way, way early. <laughs> wow. You way can tell that this is the, uh, for those of you listening, this is the first episode that we're recording. Of a big batch, yes. <laughs> yes. We're all, so. you know, gung-ho. <laughs> we're on our game right now. <laughs> Except for Dan, who is laying down and lounging. Dan is on narcotics right now. He is allowed to lounge. Yes. Dan had his tailbone removed. Um, and so. so if anyone knows where it is, please email us. <laughs> All uh, right, let's stop for our book of the week. Yes, um, I want to talk about uh, Love A.C. Rosen's All Men of Genius. Um, this is a really interesting book, in part because he's written it in omniscient. Mm. But um, that allows him to explore the emotions of a lot of different characters. And he does it through um, really kind of drilling into what they're noticing and the... the, the physical responses and the, the tiny details around them. But it's, I enjoyed the book so much. It's, um, 
it's like uh, it's it's a young woman who has to cross dress in order to go to this really amazing okay. school in an alternate uh, Victorian England. Okay, awesome. Yeah, awesome. Howard, how can they get that book? Head over to audiblepodcast.com/excuse, and you can kick off a fifteen day free trial membership. Used to be fourteen, now it's fifteen. Oh, good. They added extra day. day because we love you, dear listener. <laughs> I say fifteen. It might be thirty. Now, now I need to go look. Uh-oh. Now I need to go look. That At any rate, multi-day. Yes, we are uh, free trial <laughs> two, weeks, two weeks, 15 days. Uh, that's plenty of time All right. to sample an audiobook. I'm going to put Mary back on the spot because um, one of the best episodes we've ever done was the first episode that Mary was on, and we talked a little bit about this. I want you to kind of give a little bit of a refresher. Making the inanimate objects, making the mm. puppets come to life and express emotion. What sort of things... Can you relate that to in fiction that can help our listeners? Sure. Um, so one of the things I talked about in that podcast was uh, focus indicates thought, what your character is mm-hmm. thinking about. So that can tell you what specifically, by, by the item that your character notices, that can tell you which items are, are the most emotionally resonant in a scene. But the two other pieces for me that are most useful are uh, breath or rhythm, um, which is how long they linger on something. Okay. Um, and uh, internal motivation or muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea with breath and rhythm uh, is that the the easiest way to describe this is um, if you uh, notice someone breathing, the rate at which they are breathing tells you a lot about their emotional state. Okay. Uh, a short, quick breath mm-hmm. um, is going to mean something very different from a, a long, drawn, indrawn one. Um, Rapid panting means they've probably just run in from someplace. That relates, if you recall that uh, writing developed from the spoken language, uh-huh. that relates to the length of your sentence structure, uh, which can convey a subtle layer of emotion. Okay. But it also relates to how long a person lingers on something. So, for instance, the example that I use is, um, and, and this is not particularly good writing, but... Uh, the man walked into the room. There was a blonde mm-hmm. sitting in the chair. She had long curling hair that went down to the base of her spine, which is different from the man walked into the room. There was a blonde sitting in the chair. The chair was a fine bent hardwood. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. all I'm changing there is my pacing in terms of how long he lingers on each object. And right. it tells you which one is most emotionally resonant to him. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then with the internal motivation, you can you can bump that up a little bit. By, um, by also playing with, or, or muscle, I should say. But um, I can do an entire thing right. talking about body language. <laughs> right. <laughs> and let's, let's move off this topic, though, yeah. because I think the title of the, the episode is Authentic Emotion. I do want to talk about once you've got the emotion in there, you're feeling it, how do you make it authentic? Dan? I think consistency is a huge part of making emotions authentic. Okay. Um, you know, what a mm. character is feeling from one scene to the next or from one part of a scene to the next, it has to feel like it's all coming from the same place and from the same character. And if they change tracks too abruptly and the reader can't follow them, then all of a sudden those emotions seem very forced and uh, like the author's just making it up. Yes, at the same time, I think that one thing that can be really interesting that is much easier to do in fiction than it is in pretty much any other medium is uh, having a character who has two emotional responses to the same situ- situation. Oh, yeah. absolutely. 
Yeah, um, and, and that's and, and something we can do in fiction. <clears throat> it is a much easier to create a character who can change emotions. Mm -hmm. We can establish that. We can make it work. We, I want to send a warning. What Dan says is absolutely correct, but by one definition at least, melodrama is the sort of fiction where each character has only one mo emotion. Mm -hmm. You're only seeing one face of them, and yeah. that's. What, what's going to make it feel authentic, I think, is if they feel like real people. And real people are never feeling just one thing, except maybe in the most powerful of moments. Yeah. Exactly. If someone is changing emotions, you know, you, the reader needs to be able to see why, yeah. or needs to be yes. able to feel like it's plausible and go, oh, I can understand why this character suddenly loves this person instead of hates them. It makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we need one to see the... that. Go oh, ahead. sorry. I just going to say, one of the things that I've found with, uh, with regard to authentic emotion, and it's problematic is mm -hmm. that my emotional state uh, colors what I am writing. Absolutely. If I'm having yeah. if I'm having a horrible day and I need to write about, you know, this moment where the characters are all rejoicing, uh, writing the rejoicing helps me have a better day. Uh, you know, I feel better at the end of it, but it is not the rejoicing scene that uh, that the story right. needed. I end up having to go back and fine tune. You know what? I just realized that I do actually totally cheat sometimes, and I do my version of the making a face, which is I go read fiction mm, that of is that emotion, that, that emotion, and and use it as a kind of software patch on oh. my own. When I've been That's scripting some cheating. of the uh, when I've been scripting some of the um, uh, zombie chase scenes in. Uh, um, uh, random access memorabilia, which I'm enjoying so um, much. I have turned off the lights in my office <laughs> <laughs> and written with just written with just the light of the screen in front of me, um, and it's fun. It's it's really fun. I can't draw them that way because uh, then the lines are in the wrong place. Right. <laughs> with that, <laughs> I'm going to make you guys do um, play doctor a little bit. Um, oh, <laughs> well then, doctor a little bit. Um, so, here's a scene with authentic emotion that just didn't work for me, and that is, there's the show Lost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was watching with a big group of people, there's one part in Lost where this one father loses his son, his son is kidnapped. I don't know if you guys have seen yes. it. Yes. Um, it seems like uh, some of you have. He loses his son, and he spends like the next 12 episodes at every moment pointing out to us that his son is lost, and he's grieving for his lost son. And this becomes, he's like, my son! It's really powerful for the character. Everyone that watched it with us hated it. They're like, yeah, 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 your son, your son, leave us alone. But if you really lost your son, I mean, this would be one of these overpowering things can that I, would drive you. What went wrong? Can I share, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to flip this on, on its head. Uh -huh. um, uh, genuine experience, and it's 25 years old, so, mm -hmm. uh, so I can talk about it very clinically. The day that my dad died, um, I went out and helped people pour a concrete driveway uh -huh. and spent the whole time just very quietly pushing concrete around. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to unload emotions. And there were many, many times in the weeks that followed when I engaged in similar sorts of activities where it was not about me distracting myself okay. from the pain. It was about me quietly contemplating hey, I don't want to I don't want to unload on people I just I just want to push concrete I just want to trim the hedge I just want to do and if in if in lost what they mm -hmm. had instead done is have a couple of the other characters standing aside saying man it looks like he's taking this pretty well 
and and then you cut to him with a completely blank expression on his face. I don't know what they did in Lost, yeah. tying a hut together or something, <laughs> and you realize that he's not dealing. He's not dealing with it well. He's focusing on this okay. piece of rope instead of whining. Okay, so you're saying the emotion wasn't authentic. It was no. overblown and overdone, no. and it wasn't how a person really reacts. Well, it wasn't how I would react, and that I haven't seen Lost, so mm -hmm. I have no yeah. idea what... Mm -hmm. uh, Go ahead, Mary. You for, have seen it. You. Yeah, I have seen it. And for me, what I think happened there is that they only showed him in the moments of extreme emotion. Okay. Because yeah. they just needed to show him, you know, it was a plot device to remind us that this thing mm -hmm. is happening. And so right. they only showed us in those extreme emotions. Um, whereas probably the character arc that the character him, if, if we had been able to watch him the entire yes. time... He and they would have had, had him through moments of depression, moments of insecurity, yes. moments of these things. Um, and I think that's, I think that's right. As, as I consider it, it probably just comes back down to what we were talking about before. Painting a character with only one mm -hmm. in one emotional state is going to make us dislike the character. Uh, they're going to become a prop to us rather than a person. Yeah. And I think mm -hmm. that Mary used the key word there. Uh, it was a plot device. Yeah. They needed to remind the reader that the sun is an important plot piece. If they had done that uh, in ways similar to what I described, yeah. where a couple of the other characters talk about it and we look at his emotional state, now we have two plot devices. One, right. we've been reminded, and two, we are seeing his emotional right. journey. All right, we are actually out of time. I want Mary to remind us what our writing prompt is going to be. Uh, take a uh, scene, describe a setting, and then go back and describe that same setting with three different emotional states. One, your character is happy. One, they are angry. One, they are frightened. You may not use any emotion words like anger, happy, or frightened. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.